Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Woody Banter Book Club Podcast. I am Maddie, here with... Courtney, hello! And this week, we are going to be reviewing a highly anticipated book on our end, Things We Hide from the Light, which is the second in a series. Uh, we, If you haven't watched any of our episodes, we reviewed Things We Never Got Over, and we loved it, and I never shut up about it, ever. So... I was really excited for this book, and I liked it. Um, there's one more coming out. So I'm not sure if it's this year or next year. It's this year in September. This year. Um, and I am also greatly anticipating that one as well. But um, I have something exciting to tell you. Okay. Do you know what today is? Do you know why today is a special episode? Well, today is St. Patrick's Day. Not but... for them. But just this episode. Oh, tell me. It is our 10th episode. <gasps> ah! My God. I know. Number 10. I know. Isn't that crazy? I feel like I was just editing our first one like two seconds ago. And I was like, man, it's going to look so different in like, I don't know, 100 episodes from now. But it's already only or it's only been 10 episodes. And I already feel like there's been such a change in everything. So. Yeah, well, I have changed my background like four different times because I love to rearrange my apartment at every given opportunity to do so. Um, and also, Maddie says my walls look like I'm in prison. So yeah, I am not in prison. They're painted prison gray. Go back I'm to the first prison. episode and tell me it doesn't look like you're in prison. <laughs> in the second episode. It's okay. Mm-hmm. We've grown from there. Now I have my wonderful television in the background. Yeah. <laughs> and when Courtney and I keep talking about how one day we're going to have a, a personal library that's going to be just giant and like mm. extravagant and we'll record in there. Yes. We'll, we'll write it off as a business expense. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to do tax law. So I'll know how to do that. <laughs> All right. Uh, so this week, you are in charge of giving the summary for oh, Things ooh. We Hide from the Light. Okay, so Things We Hide from the Light. This book follows uh, Nash, who is, if you followed along with us for the, the review of the first book in this series, he's Knox's brother. Um, and in the last book, he suffered a horrible personal tragedy and he was shot it really took a lot out of him. Um, and this book is told from dual POV. So the other perspective is Lena, who just so happens to be Knox's kind of ex-girlfriend, but also a very close friend. Um, and Lena is also very close with Knox's soon-to-be wife, Naomi. Their wedding is starting to kind of unfurl throughout this book. But Nash, the main character, the male main character in this book, is really struggling with feeling dead inside mm. um because he got shot sorry that was not <laughs> he is really struggling. uh and he just feels very unsafe and he's a hard time processing his lack of emotions um and lena comes into town on a job and they just start to have this really incredible chemistry and she starts to bring him kind of back to life. Um, but at the end of the day, Lena's career path is a little morally gray. And Nash is the handsome, 
moralistic police officers. So there's a couple challenges that they have to overcome throughout their relationship. Obviously, just like the last book, there's a there's a couple crazy things that happen that really bring them together. Um, but it does have a happy ending. So this just kind of follows their relationship as it unfurls and as they both grow and become better people and um, come to love each other and the friends that they've made in the community. So I thought it was a really good book and I liked it. Yeah, I, you know what, I will get into it. We'll get into <laughs> how I like really, really feel about this book. Um, but I think that was a good mm-hmm. summary. I think that uh, I really liked how all the characters were intertwined and how even though Knox and Naomi's main story is over, that it was still mentioned a lot in the book and you could still see yeah. their relationship playing out there. Um, and I'm really looking forward to the next one. Oh my gosh, the next one's going to be so spicy. She even said at the end of this one. She oh, I never, I never even read that. All right. Well, on that note... We will jump into our spoiler-free portion of the review if this is your first time with us. We're going to go through a spoiler-free portion where we review the book, talk about it a little bit, and then we will delve into the spoiler portion. Um, But we will give you a warning beforehand, so fear not. Now, the first part we start with is, would we recommend this book to somebody we know? Maddie. Uh... Uh, well, okay. Yes, but I would recommend them to read the first book first, obviously. And that was, like, obviously, like, you have to read the first book. And the way that I feel about some of the other books I've read in the past, not even romance, just in general, the second book just never hits the same as the first because you're expecting it to be like the first book. And the third book always kind of has like some redeeming qualities that remind you why you liked the first book so much and the second book. And so I kind of feel like I I have to read the third one, but I think overall I'm going to go with yes, I'd recommend it. But like if it was just a standalone book, I don't know if I would be like, yeah, you have to read this one like right now. If that makes sense. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course it does. I There's plenty of series that are like that. Um. I personally would recommend this book. I liked it. It's a lot like the first one, like a lot of the same plot points, um, which was okay to me. Um, and I don't, I, I don't know if I liked it quite as much as the first book, but I still really liked it. And in fact, I was talking about it with my friend Grace. She had read this book. Um, I think she finished it a little bit before me. She really liked it also. And she, I don't think she remembered reading the first one very well. So, um, but yeah, I would recommend it. I thought it was cute. I liked the tension. The resolution was good. Um, really all the things that I look for in a romance novel and because I loved the first book so much this one just kind of holds like a special place in my heart. So I would, yes, I would recommend reading the first one. Um, but I would also recommend, uh, getting through this one and it's long. So you got to take that with a grain of salt. It's almost 600 pages, but that was the only thing for me is that I just felt like it was a little too long. Mm. It took, as you know, it took me for, it took us both forever to read this book. We were supposed to do this review like three weeks ago. Yes, we've been very busy cooking it up in the kitchen, literally. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, but 
Okay, so would you, this is the next little portion, would you recommend this book to your sister who is below the age of majority? No, yeah. No, 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 I would not. Uh, No. (laughs) Um, Same with the first one. No, I would absolutely not recommend these to my young sisters. Yeah, I could not in good conscience tell Cadence to read this, but I would probably be fine with Cassidy reading it. And they're only two years apart, but Cassidy's in college and she's a long-term boyfriend and she already reads romance novels. So I, I wouldn't feel weird doing it, but I would not recommend it to my 17-year-old sister. Just because I'm, yeah. they're not, I mean, the smut scenes are a little filthy. Like, just, I couldn't do that in good conscience. But they're not, I mean, yeah. this is a big book and mm-hmm. there's a couple encounters, but it's not like... Yeah, a majority of the book, you know. Would you would you recommend this to um, our number one fan, your mom? Um, I don't know. It's so hard to tell with my mom. Like she, she watches all of our reviews, by the way. So I'm sure she knows half <laughs> of what happens in these books, anyway. Um, I don't know. I think I probably would. Like, I think she would like the storyline, and then we would just never talk about the fact that there's, like, other stuff in there. (laughs) (laughs) But she watched Game of Thrones. I'm sending her all of my um, Sarah J. Mass books so she can read them. So, like, and there's some in there. I don't know. Yeah, I think she would like the plot, but we'd probably just never talk about the other parts. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So... Hmm. Okay. Um, all right. Now we're going to move into the portion where we discuss our four main pillars of how we assess a book. And we do this on a scale of one to five, because as Maddie loves to say, 10 is far too many. Um, so we go over character development. We go over um, smut realism. And then, oh my God, why am I forgetting the fourth one? Woody Banter. Oh, my God. <laughs> the most important one ever. Um, yeah. Literally sorry, the name of our podcast. <laughs> it's been a bit Gosh, of a we long, don't record long week. Yeah. Yeah. Also, it's been like a week, two weeks since we filmed a... True. So it's been a little bit of a... A standard episode. Man, man, when we come back in April to film an episode, we're going to just forget how to do all of this, aren't we? I know. <laughs> and it's not even a regular episode then. It's going to be a a round table. Oh, gosh. Is that when we're doing a Kotar? Yeah. Okay. Anywho, sorry for the brain fart, but witty banter, character development, smut, and realism. Those are our four pillars. Um, so we'll kick it off with the first and most important witty banter. Maddie, what would you give this book on a scale of one to five? A four. Okay. I think it was witty, but it really wasn't oh, like like super witty. I think that it was a lot of just like, I mean, obviously there's, it's witty, but it wasn't, I can't remember if I gave Knox and Naomi a five. I think that probably, I don't know, because like, I just felt like, I can't remember what book it was, but I said that one of the books, it was 
there wasn't a lot of witty banter. It was just like people having conversations. And I think that was what I said for Twisted Games. But for this book, I kind of had like a, a similar feeling. I liked their conversations more. So I'm like, I give it a four. But I don't know if it was necessarily witty. Okay. Well, I think like it's always easier to rate higher on the witty banter scale when there's some sort of tension between the characters. Like, they dislike each other for some reason, but they actually like each other. You know how it goes. Mm -hmm. Because it just naturally creates some sort of back and forth in any conversation that they have. So I think that contributed to the overall score. I also gave it a four just because it's not like the best I've ever seen, but it had everything I'm looking for with like a, a back and forth contentious romance story with the witty banter and Lena's smart, Nash is smart. So they're able to like go back and forth. They have a couple like different inside jokes, um, that sort of thing. But yeah, I'd give it a four just because it wasn't like the best ever but it it was still pretty good and it had everything that I'm looking for yeah that's kind of how I feel I feel like I don't know I, do you know what I feel like right now I feel like I'm in class and I didn't read the book but I read this book but for some reason I'm having a really hard time right now like recalling and I don't know if it's because I've read two other books since then but like like, I just, I just feel like I d don't remember a whole lot from this book, which I guess is saying something. It's 600 pages, and I just kind of wiped it from my brain. Yeah. I'm, well, to be fair, you did finish it, like, a week ago. Um, yeah. But I finished other books longer ago that I can remember pretty well. I think it also has to do with the fact that, like, the storyline was so close to the first book that I think parts of it just kind of meld together like same villain and everything which is fine mm -hmm. it's not that it doesn't make sense for the storyline either like the villain didn't die in the last book so we get it um but yeah i mean we'll see when we get into the spoiler portion just how much we remember i'm sure once we're reading through some of these pages we marked things will start to get going again yeah. around in there but um uh, yeah, I, I mean, I can recall some of the major plot points, but... Well, yeah, yeah. Just, like, the the general stuff I'm having a hard time remembering. And now we're going to move on to the second category, which is character development. Maddie, what did you think about the character development in this book? I, I liked the character development in this book. I liked Nash's character development. I think that his whole... Obviously, he has PTSD because he's been shot as Courtney likes to yeah. laugh about. Um, that might do it. Was, that might do it. Yeah. So he was shot, and so he's been dealing with, like, kind of, like, this PTSD that he has, and he has, you know, some amnesia from the shooting, and he's trying to remember, like, what happened and why he was shot and everything that goes along with that. And throughout the book, we see him kind of, like, realize that and start actively trying to come out of his shell, which I really like. So I think that his character development was really good. Lena's character development was also good, but it, yeah. it kind of resembled Nash's, like, very, it was, like, very similar to Nash's, where I think that the main character who needed to develop in this story was Nash, opposed to being Lena, because it seemed like Lena had kind of 
accepted her whole thing because Lena also has some, you know, issues that she's trying to work out as well. Um, and I just, I don't know. I thought it was, I liked, I liked Natch's character development a lot. I'm going to give it a four because I don't think Lena's was perfect, but I really liked it as well. Um, but I'm going to give it a four. Okay. I think I'm also going to give it a four. I thought that the things that both of them were going through were like pretty normal, semi-normal struggles for people who go through the sorts of things that they go through. Both struggle with uh, like trusting people, with um, feeling safe, that kind of deal, which makes sense for what happened to both of them. Um, and I think also like Nash kind of had to come down off his high horse too in a couple of regards and I liked that character development nobody's perfect like you have to be willing to extend people grace and he was very kind of like hard and fast with that um even with his brother and so seeing him open up a little bit throughout the book is great I love his relationship with like Wele and Naomi taking them in as family um and I do think like he grows in his relationship with his brother, obviously grows in his relationship with Lena. Um, but I will also say that, like, there were certain points where I was like, just go to therapy. Go to therapy. Um, like, and granted, half the books I read, I just want to scream at the characters just to go to therapy. Um, like, this book would be probably 200 pages shorter which would have been fine by me too, um, to be honest with you. But they both had pretty good character development. I liked who they were at the end of the book, um, especially in the epilogues and stuff. I thought it was really sweet. Um, and I loved seeing them both kind of come from these tragic pasts to have a happy ending. So I will also give it a four. Um, all right, now on to a spicy category. Maddie, how would you rate the smut in this book? <laughs> Ooh, she's it was not as good as things we never got over. So I'm going to give this a four as well. I I think that I'm probably just going to give everything a four because I just, well, everything so far a four. Uh, because I just, I think that it, it wasn't, as good and there was particular scenes that I really did not enjoy and I really don't like yeah. that he calls her angel I don't know why but it's just I don't like it either. just or hate it, it makes um, me feel like an old man like a creepy old man yeah what's up angel um, um but yeah so I did I didn't really like it that much the smut part so a four this is a little bit uh also lenient I would go with like a three and a half but I don't do halves I do fulls right so I'll round up and give it a four yeah we don't we don't half ass our ratings around here um I also gave it a four because I liked most of the scenes except for one is it the and same it, one it wasn't even smut necessarily is it the the one with the walls yeah yeah Hated that. Hated, Hated that. it. Hated um, it. Hated it. Thought that was super gross. But everything aside from that was, like, pretty good. So that just really took it down a notch in my head. But 
again, had everything I was looking for in that particular category. Uh, and it wasn't like too filthy dirty, you know, because sometimes I feel like, like, why are you describing it so much? Oh, and then there's one word, yes, a different word than the other word that we dislike, but yeah, Maddie texted me <laughs> and she goes, have you gotten to this point in the book yet? I said, no. And then she's like, okay, let me know when you do. And that then I knew immediately here. when I ran into it, what it was. And let I said, see. oh, oh, yuck. I marked it. I want to read. I forgot. What, what is the word? Wrenching. Like you're wrenching something out. And you can guess how that was used. The context. The context. Yes. Wrenching. Lucy. That's Lucy, so sometimes put down the thesaurus, Lucy. Okay. <laughs> Just use normal words. We Please. all know what it means. I can't wait till we talk about uh, Twisted Games in two weeks because there's a word in that one that is used a lot that I I can't say that word because it's literally a banned word on YouTube. But <laughs> I every time it's said, I'm like, what the Frick, are you saying? Why are you saying this? Please use literally any other goddamn word. Anyway. Yeah. Maybe Maddie and I are just gonna like you know in movies when people are like kidnapped and then they get those like ransom letters with like newspaper cutouts. We're just gonna send yeah. those to like every author we like with words that should be banned from smut scenes. Yeah, you should be banning these words. Um, I think that also it would be really funny. I mean, it wouldn't be funny, but like if one of us was like in a hostage situation and we could only call one person and we call each other and we're like, yeah, we're really being milked over here. <laughs> and that's how I know. Yep. And that's how you'll know that I've been in a hostage yeah. situation. <laughs> I don't know. I just hate wrenching. Makes me think of a mechanic. Like, working on a car. When I read it, I audibly laughed. I was like, what the hell is this? (laughs) Or, like, ripping some... Gross. Yeah. Anyway. At least they didn't use the M word. Yeah. Then it would be... It might be a little lower in my book. That automatically drops it at least one point when I read that. Except for in Things We Never Got Over, because we definitely gave that a five. Yeah, um, I have selective. I like to adhere to things when I like it. Um, (laughs) I have wobbly morals. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Perfect. For a future lawyer. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's like a prereq, actually. Yeah. Um, If you're a future employer watching this, I have integrity. I'm sorry. Uh, um, Anyways. This is a joke for legal reasons. These are just jokes. (laughs) I would only do that in Minecraft. Which I have never played. Uh, <laughs> I only have loose morals in Minecraft. Actually, that's true. I do have loose yeah. morals in Minecraft. I do some pretty awful things in Minecraft. In video games, I always play like the most morally compromised possible route. So I feel like it's the antithesis to how I actually live my life. But like, my I gotta tell you sometime about some of the things I've done in The Sims, <laughs> like drowning adults. Worse. Oh. <laughs> and it was fun. You know what? It was, it was a lot of fun. Sometimes you just gotta 
let the intrusive thoughts win. At least you're doing it there and not in real not life. In real life. <laughs> yeah, if I was doing it in real life, I'd be a little concerned. You'd and also jail. very rich. Very, very rich. Yeah, in order to do that, this I'd have to I'd have to be very rich. To build the facilities, if you will. <laughs> yes. To house all of those heinous things that you're doing. Yes. Hmm. Well, anyway. Anyhow. <laughs> um, on to realism. <laughs> Maddie, what did you give this book on realism? Uh a four. I think that there are definitely some parts that are a little unrealistic, especially towards the end. Yeah. Um, I feel like some of Lena's badassness is kind of cringe and not real. Mm. So, a four. Once again, generous. I'd give it a three and a half if I could, but we don't do halves. And we, we round up. Unless we really hate the book. Um, yes, I also give it a four, which I'm pretty sure is what I gave Things We Never Got Over. For the exact same reason I gave Things We Never Got Over, that's that rating. is because the end, it's like, wow, this would never happen. Um, but I do feel like the relationships made sense. The issues they were struggling with generally were very realistic and the way they dealt with things was realistic um nash kind of has some panic attacks throughout the book too i thought that was it's a very realistic way to portray what had happened to him and the trauma he's experiencing um and their relationship made sense so i give it a four but obviously the ending was kind of crazy wackadoo Mm -hmm. knocked it down just like things we never got over just like it um, now I have struggled deeply with a fan cast for this. Wait, we haven't given our overall rating. Oh, you're right. Okay, overall rating, Mackie, Maddie Doo. I give it a four, if you couldn't tell from all my other numbers. I did not like it as much as I like Things We Never Got Over. I love that book. I just liked this book. I here's the thing so again we don't do half-assed reviews i would love to give it a 4.5 i don't want to give it a 5 because i want to be like kind of stingy with those and i did like things we never got over more than things we had from light that's not to say that i didn't love this book uh and i really liked the characters i enjoyed reading it there's some books we will do on here where it's like kind of hard to finish the only reason this was hard to finish was just because i was busy and it's long um not because the plot wasn't compelling um but because we don't do half scores and because i want to be a little more stingy with the fives i'm gonna give it a four also and i think it just makes sense based on the other ratings that i gave um and i will agree with a point that you made earlier like I am all for women empowerment, uh, especially in today's society. Um, But some of the stuff that she did, like, I appreciate that she can defend herself. Lena can defend herself. But I'm also like, 
are you really just this is my lawyer brain too are you just punching men in restaurants and then like never getting sued ever how does that work like how do you just beat people's asses all the time and get away with it and that's not real that doesn't happen especially with douchebags who like would be upset that a woman had hit them like lawsuit boom um also not to be like but generally men are like physically stronger so like i I don't know um that's not to say women can't defend themselves but i just felt like a lot of it was just like mm, she like they were trying to paint her as like black widow from the yes avengers it's not who i'm trying to picture in my head Mm mm-hmm anyways four um i have a feeling the next book will be a five though I feel it in my bones. Because she said it. That's what I'm saying is, like, another book that was like this was You. The first book was incredible. The second book was all right. And then the third book I thought was pretty good. So it uh, that's kind of how I'm feeling about this as well. Fair. Um, okay. Now on fan cast, which I struggled with deeply. I still don't have anybody picked Same. for Nash. I still think Matt Donovan. Yeah, just because it's like the heroic e blonde type man, but in my head I'm just like I imagine Nash way hotter than than Matt freaking Donovan. <laughs> uh do you have one for Lena? Yes, but it's like every time I think of like cuz they describe Lena as having like a black bob almost, right? Like black choppy hair. And every time I think of that haircut, I think of Lucy Hale, but, like, she's too, like, soft and kind. So, like, if you could, like, combine that, like, equally 50-50 makes her equal parts Lucy Hale and, like, Angelina Jolie with, like, the sharpness and, like, the angstiness from, like, Maleficent and all that kind of stuff, I feel like that would be a good combo, but... I just couldn't really picture anybody in my head. I just kept picturing Lucy Hale, and I knew that that was wrong because she's too soft. If that makes right. sense. Hmm. What did you think? I didn't come up with one. Okay, well there you go, Matt Donovan and Lucy Hale slash Angelina Jolie, baby. Okay, so for our cast so far, <laughs> we've got Knox as Charlie Hunnam. Yeah, and we have. Who did you say for Naomi? I don't remember. It was the girl from The Crown. Oh! Claire Danes. Claire... No. No, Claire... Claire Foy. Claire Foy. Claire Foy, that's it. Yeah, and I said Nina Dobrev because of the whole twin thing. Mmm. But she's blonde. I mean, you can dye your hair blonde, but that just... Nina Dobrev has such, like, a... Sultry is look. Naomi blonde? I'm pretty sure. Okay. And then we have Lucy Hale and Matt Donovan. Um, what about like if we took Suki Waterhouse and cut her hair and made it dark? Yeah, I could maybe see that. She's maybe a little young, but she she feels older than like Lucy Hale. Like not like more mature. Right. She's got more of that edge to her. Mm-hmm. 
and then we'll just cast Robert Pattinson as Nash. That doesn't fit. Not he's that does he, not work. He's not nearly golden retriever enough. No. All right. Well, if you're still with us, we are now going to delve into the spoiler portion of our review. So if you have not read the book yet, go ahead and hop off and come revisit this when you have. If you don't plan on reading the book, but you'd love to hear our discussion about it, go ahead and stay on with us. We're excited to have you. Um, Maddie, I did not yeah. tab until relatively far into the book, page 295. So I have a feeling you will be starting off this portion okay. of the discussion. So my first tab is on page 57. And it is when... The, only, the reason why I tap this is because it says there was a loud thunk of the broom handle hitting the floor, followed by a pitiful yip and the scrambling of toenails on the floor. Who does that remind you of? Mando. Yes, Mando is afraid <laughs> of the mop, and so it's not even—it's a Swiffer. He's afraid of the Swiffer, and so anytime that the Swiffer is around, he's just like Scooby Doo running out of the room. He's so that's why I, that's why I tagged that because I thought it was kind of cute. That fun. is funny. It just ah yeah. yes. Um, Nash collects a little a little sad dog who has been probably abused and left out, and he resonates with the dog because he feels abused and left out. And that's cute. It, I feel like the dog functions as his waylay in this book. But I'm like, a child is better character development than a dog in this series. Yes. The dog, I thought it was a nice addition. Kind of like a Waylon from the yeah. other book. So. But I felt like just the, the part that she played in Nash's life was like what how Waylay played a part in Knox's life in the previous book. Um, however, shortly following that is when he goes and takes a shower. <laughs> And it was awful. And I knew that that was going to come into play at some point because right when she moves in, she talks about how, like, she can hear and kind of see and, like, their showers are lined up. So, like, I was like, ugh. Yeah, so she hears him doing some stuff in there. And yeah. he's like, oh, angel. And when I read that, I said, and then immediately after that like the day after they run into um u.s marshall who's watching nash to like protect him his name's nolan and i actually like his character in the book like he doesn't play a super integral part but he's funny and like um i like that he also ends up back with his wife at the end uh anyways nash gets a little jealous and so he's like telling him basically that he's like he's like don't worry i got lena on lockdown he's being all possessive territorial and he then alludes to the fact that when he was saying angel in the shower he met her and she figures it out and then she was like oh my god but i personally hate that nickname i hate it i think it i do too gross and so if i found out a man had done that i would be grossed out personally but to be honest with you, if I found out that a man was doing that and thinking about me, I would I would not be flattered by that. It's 
kind of yeah it's kind of icky especially considering that like he sh- they had like just recently met well i'm assuming had they just met or had they just like kind of, yeah okay I mean, well, it's I not like they had just met, like, time. an hour ago, but, like, they had known each other for, like, what, two weeks or something like that? Yeah. I can't rem- I'm assuming she hasn't had a ton of interaction with him, even though she's been friends with Knox for a really long time, because they're- they've got some brotherly quarrels. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. That but part I- was just icky. I didn't like it. But the rest of the book was okay. That was like probably the worst the part. One scene. Knox and Lucian and Nash are all talking together. Mm-hmm. And Nash describes Lucian. To be fair, Lucian was practically a corporate 007, except for the fact that he was American, preferred bourbon to martinis, and worked in a cutthroat world of political consulting, which probably did bear certain similarities to international espionage. Uh, here, I kind of had the idea that he is, and I can never say his name, so I'm just going to call him Damon Salvatore for the rest of his life. But that is who I'm imagining now for Lucian. Yeah. And I don't know why the cast of Vampire Diaries is apparently the only cast of actors I know, but... Oh, he's perfect. He's so perfect for him. Ian Summerholder. I, yeah, Holder. 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 Whatever. He's married to Nikki No, Lee. literally, which one is it? I don't know I think which it's one Ian it Summer is. Summerholder. Holder? Yeah. With an O. Ian, if you're watching this, I'm sorry. <laughs> and also, hi. Just kidding. I'm Team Stefan. Anyways, yeah, he's freaking perfect for that. And I don't know who for Sloane yet. Maybe Sloane's blonde. That's probably what it is. She is. Um, no idea. I gotta get a better feel for her in her book to get it, mm-hmm. but it's gotta be a little like quirky, but also kind of sunshiny. I don't know. Mm-hmm. She's a, she's a mixed bag. Anyways, we'll circle back. But yeah, Ian Summerholder is perfect for that. Yeah. So that's who I started picturing after this point. Ironically, not the book when I should be thinking about who Lucian is. <laughs> but Lena's main thing. Lena had a heart attack when she was in high school. And after her heart attack, she she's playing sports and she had a heart attack and she gets up. And I was like, wow, that can be written at a more perfect time when we're talking about this happening in sports a lot more now than it used to happen. Yeah. Um, and I was like, wow, what are the odds? Like, you write this story and, like, that's, like, a main part of your character. Because I can't imagine that she wrote that in January. You no. Know, she had it written a long time ago. Um, when the bills player collapsed on the field yeah mm-hmm. um she had to have written that a while ago but yeah that, i mean that was shocking when it happened um and obviously you saw mm-hmm. that i mean he was an nfl player so you saw how that happened on a large scale but imagine being in high school and like everybody you know yeah. like that happening to you i can imagine that that would be pretty jarring yeah So it was kind of interesting because having just, like, seen the world react to that, like, two months ago, it's interesting to see it in the story. And you can kind of understand about how, like, the people are feeling and everybody Mm -hmm. around them. But yeah, that was very sad. And that's a really good point. I actually didn't think about that until you brought it up. But, um, yeah, so she really struggles with that. And her parents were, like, helicopter parents after 
which um I can't super resonate mom I know you're watching this when I was diagnosed with diabetes my mom she didn't like helicopter parent me but she took it very seriously and there were times where I just wanted to be like leave me alone I'm nine and I want a cookie um so like yeah, I need to get stabbed by needles yeah. so like she was I trying to protect you I know I realize that as an adult now. She was trying to protect you from sugar. (laughs) Didn't work. (laughs) Don't worry, Becca, I've got you. Um, But so I could kind of resonate with where she was coming from on that. Obviously not as an extreme scale. And her parents basically like bubble wrapped or wouldn't let her do anything without calling, texting, whatever. My mom was not like that at all. Um. But she was just very concerned with my health. One part of the book that I thought was just funny for no reason is that all the old people in the town and knock them out get together and then they go hard at the gym. Like they lift and stuff, like deadlift. <laughs> Lena went to go work out with them with um, Steph and the workout totally whooped their butts. And that I was like reading that and laughing out loud. Like I thought that was funny mm-hmm. and cute. But um, yeah, so... All the oldies in the gym squatting bars. Yep, getting getting gains. Getting swole. So then next up, uh, we have Good Guy Nash, uh, a cop that all cops should aspire to be, and that is the bare minimum of not being racist <laughs> or <laughs> discriminatory <laughs> against people, uh, specifically people of color. He fires another officer who has been, has a history established of discriminating against people of color and arresting them and pulling them over more frequently than his redneck white friends. And listen, I feel like this is something. Sorry, my phone. I feel like. I feel like this is something that Lucy Squirt felt she needed to do because if you're going to talk about police these days, you have to have some sort of acknowledgement of, you know, the the historical discrimination that they have been doing to people of color for such a long time. But I kind of felt like, is this really the book to be talking about this? And I know that she probably had to because the main character is a police officer and Obviously, this is going to get a little into, like, the semantics of it, but if you want, you know, police books don't do very well now because people don't like the police and whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, She felt that she needed to do that. But I don't know. It just felt kind of weird to me to have Nash be, like, this super morally, like, higher character where he's like, I'm going to fire him because he's racist. And then, like, a couple of scenes earlier, he was in the shower. I just, I don't know why. I just was like, mm, okay, I don't know about this so much. I can see where you're coming from. I think those circles of morality are mostly separate, right? And, like, that's part, that's supposed to be part of Nash's personality, right? The whole reason him and Knox don't get along is because Nash is, like, overtly moralistic and Knox is not, um... But I will say, too, like, I don't know. I think it was really interesting. So the the police officer that she wrote that was racist, that got fired, he was also, plot twist, oh, the person who shot 
Nash because he hated him. And here's yeah. the thing. I, like, I can understand you're trying to portray, like, he's a bad guy. But I think if you're taking on this topic, too, like, a lot of the police officers, I think, not, I and I don't know the statistics, so let's not, like, get super into this. But, like, I don't think a lot of the police officers who are exhibiting some of these behaviors are, like, so in your face about how bad they are. Like, I think a lot of them like to hide it until they get into an instance where they can use race as an excuse to do something awful, but they're not doing, like, all this other crazy shit. I feel like that's why they get away with it so much. Mm-hmm. Exactly my point. Yeah. They do other parts of their job, but, like, Dilton or whatever the F his name is, he's just, like, a truly bad, rotten person to his core. And the, not, I'm not saying there aren't people like that who get into positions of power, but I'm saying I think a lot of people that do that kind of stuff are better hidden today, right? Like, they're people who are in your congregations and your schools that work right next to you um that people don't automatically like identify and so I think she could have had like a little bit more subtlety with it but I am glad that she addressed the topic at all to begin with um so I don't know but like obviously the people who are who who do those things in the real world are morally compromised. They're not good people and they're probably doing other bad things, but I think the reason they get away with doing some of the racially awful things that they do is because they're not as in your face about how bad of a person they are. They're really sneaky. About exactly. It. So that that I think um also knock them out is like the most inclusive place in the entire world. Yeah. Like, Knock Out is truly a work of fiction because it is so inclusive and people from all walks of life are just accepted by all the other people who walk from different sets of life. And it's just like, wow. Bikers, gays. um, Bikers are best friends with gays. Yeah. Political consultants. I'm like, what in the F is this town? Yeah. And also, I'm moving there. Yeah. There's hot men everywhere, and it's super inclusive. Yeah, and everybody's treated like a person. Yeah. Uh, especially now that Dilton is gone. Yeah. Screw him. <laughs> they even, well, Nash treated Tina like a person. They even, like, treated Tina somewhat well until she screwed them over. Uh, 237, this is the soccer game. Also, in this book, I think probably one of the better scenes. Yeah. I just like when I just like when they're all together doing family things, you know? I like it. But there's also incredible sexual tension. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, I thought it was funny, so, like, they're fighting on the field, right? And then Wele walks up and she's like, you guys aren't even watching my game. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um... I'll tell you, my favorite part about this book was I loved getting to see Knox and Naomi's relationship for, like from a distance because I just love them so much that I'm like, you know what? I don't even care. I'm here for them. I know. Every time she's like, calm down, Viking, I laugh a little. I know. I'm like, hee they're so cute. And then he calls her Daisy to like everybody else too. Yeah. I think it's so cute. They're just so cute. But the so whole cute. the whole reason they're fighting in this scene, by the way, if you don't know, is because Lena is like 
she works for an insurance company. She recovers items so that the insurance company doesn't have to pay the insured money for the items. Um, she's looking for a car in town that Hugo, the guy, the bad guy from the last book, stole. And Nash finds out, and he's like, "You've been lying." She's like, "Yeah." I was like, "It's not. It's her job. Like she has to have she's- a level of confidentiality." And he has. He's investigating the same guy, so he's like, she took advantage of me. And I'm like, no, she didn't, you idiot. I, yeah, I was like, just like, I did not like that conflict between them at all, because I was just like, she didn't really lie to you. She just, like, never mentioned that was her job. Well, yeah, and he's like, she, like, took me in, because he was having a panic attack, and she, like, went into his apartment. He's like, I have police files on Hugo Boss, or or Hugo Boss. And also, let's snuggle Hugo Uh, Boss, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Duncan Hugo. I have police files, and she, like, probably went through them and violated all my whatever. But, like, that's, like, the overly moralistic part of Nash, which I think he just had to come to the realization is not realistic, because no one's ever going to meet your standards. Mm-hmm. Um, and also that wasn't her intention, you jack wagon. So yeah, that conflict was dumb, but I did think it was funny when he like was trying to out her. I was like, nobody else is going to think this is a big deal. Like he's like, did you guys know Lena does this? And they're like, oh, that's cool, Lena. And he's like, no, that's not what I wanted out of this. <laughs> Be mad at her. Like, Why are you not We're mad? still friends and we love you. And he's like, no, what, what the hell? And then Lucian has stick up his butt about Lena for like half the book. And then he just Mm -hmm. switches all of a sudden. But that kind of seems on brand for him. So we know he might be totally different in the book. Oh, this is when I tagged. This is when I tagged when we were doing NASCAR. Um, I'm in charge of two intoxicated women right now. I can't just leave them to fend for themselves. They'll end up with matching tattoo eyeshadow. That was Lena talking about Naomi and Sloane, and I read that as Courtney and I are partaking in some adult beverages, and I said, Terry, <laughs> that's us, that's that's you with us, and he was like, ha ha ha, so funny. <laughs> mm, that one was very fitting, especially, we had just talked about, like, maybe getting tattoos, too, right before that, so it was just, like, perfect timing, mm-hmm. and we mm-hmm. were, yeah. We didn't even get intoxicated that day, so. Lucky Terry. It was was too cold. Then on page 287, Lena and Nash are no longer communicating with each other. And Knox and Nash are talking to one another and said she's going to move back to the motel until someone else could replace her on the case. Then she's going home. The only reason why she lives in that apartment is because Knox made her live in the apartment. So I don't understand, yeah. like, why Knox would let her move out. So then they run into each other at the gym. And there's tension, obviously. Um, but I tab this part because um, it, it, she you can tell that there's tension between them, right? Because he's like, why does it feel so right to touch you, but I hate you? Um, and she's like, I'm gonna spit hellfire at you. Great. 
perfect. Um, but she goes to like the grocery store with her old neighbor afterwards, and I don't know. I just kind of like the relationship that she has with the old lady too. Like, their neighbor just cracks me up. She shows up at the most inopportune times, and she's always like on her way to getting drunk, like wine glass in hand, which just kind of cracks me up. I don't know. I thought she was just like a fun side character, and I liked that she kind of like keeps trying to push him together. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh then Waylay has a school career day and she has Knox and Nash both go so that they can show what they do. And so the brothers have some sort of competition with each other to try and, you know, one up one another because that's just kind of how they are. Mm-hmm. And first, I think it's really sweet how much they both really love Waylay. It's so cute. And then <laughs> I thought it was hilarious that this is <laughs> okay. Uh, this is what Nash says. Naomi doesn't realize how deep male competition runs. She told me the whole plan. He's gonna let kids mix virgin drinks and then shave the vice principal's head. <laughs> and I'm thinking about like these kids, like with like ta- like you know those like little mini blenders that are super popular right yeah. now. I'm thinking them like making like. Put in like a strawberry and like <laughs> some juice, and then yeah, it was making me laugh thinking about that. Yeah. And then, of course, in order to one up his brother, Nash brings the police car, and he has he's doing these like evoc trainings with kids in the car. And I'm like, whose whose parents signed off on them doing this? In a police, by the way, why would you put children in the back of a police cruiser? People like pee and stuff in there. Yeah, gross. I mean, that would be. I'm sure it would be cool from a kid's perspective, but I did think that that was very wholesome and cute. Mm -hmm. Very. My next tab is three sixty three, and this is the entire chapter of Inevitable, and that is when things get serious. Okay, look at how much time we had to wait. So freaking long. And you know what? It's actually this far. Pushed too far is the name of the chapter. Inevitable is the buildup. I have This is how much Yeah. This is how much we had to wait. This is all that we had to read before we got anything juicy. In a 600-page book. True. There was times when I was reading this and I was like, "Oh my gosh, just do it already." Yeah, I scream that at a lot of books. And I think, like, Knox and Naomi just gave it to us so early that I was like, what is this? I know. We're Listen, almost 400 I, pages in. I love a slow burn, okay? I really like slow burn romance. But this? Too slow. Too slow. Yeah. This is get my, it on. This is my get Wait. it on now. This is how I felt. Okay. <laughs> That's how I felt. I just like, do it. Um, anyway. <laughs> you want to have anything you want to say since you tapped it? No, I just... That's where the hot and heavy stuff starts. And then, like, literally a couple pages later, um, Nash is like, oh, um... Wait, is this Nash? No, it's Lena. In her head, she's like, oh my god, I'm thinking about 
or she says something about like falling in love and she stops herself and i was like oh my god girl already it must have been good (laughs) (laughs) Uh, there's another word five pages later true um there's another word though that is mentioned a lot in this book is it a lot in this book or is it just a couple times in this book it's mentioned in this book. It's mentioned in a lot of romance books, and I hate this word too. But I'm gonna have to blur. I'm I'm gonna have to yeah. blur out the word. Uh, <laughs> I know. Gross. Every time I read it, I'm like, stop describing it like that. That is going on our kidnapper ransom uh, yes. writer list. Yeah, that's how. It, that's disgusting it's an anger <laughs> squeeze why would you do that my next tab is on page 382 and this is when this is when he says wrenching <laughs> and I, I marked it on here and I was like stop please for the love of god and then I have 391 Wait, why did I tab Whoa. this one? Yeah. There was something that I tabbed this one for, and I can't remember what it was. Every time. That's, <laughs> that's actually, that is what it, that is what I tabbed it for. Because I'm sick of it being talked about like this. It feels forced, and that's gross. Yes! I don't, yes! Um, I do not, I just don't, I don't understand the... <laughs> the grip that this has on things <laughs> let me explain something to all the men watching Leon you should not have to fight your way in there, yeah there are natural mechanisms that make it so you don't have to do that so if you are having to do that something is wrong something's wrong uh <laughs> gross Ugh. Yeah, that's actually, it's funny that you said that, because that was, that's the exact reason why I tapped it, because I'm just like, I hate when they talk about it like that. So it's, it's Knox and Lena, and they are talking, basically, you know, Lena sees that Knox has, like, become so infatuated with Naomi, and he, like, loves her so much, and then just, she, like, tell me it's worth it about his brother, and Knox is like, I just love Naomi so much. I don't know how to explain it. There's just nothing ballsy or brave about living your whole life behind walls. The real good shit doesn't even start until those bricks come down and you invite someone in. If you're not scared shitless, you're doing it wrong. And I was like, oh, Knox. (laughs) And then you have Lucian giving terrible fucking advice. Yeah, literally, shut up, Lucian. I don't have to punch him in the face for that. He's like, no, nothing ever works out. and We're going to be exactly like our fathers. Okay. Mr. Cynical, bring everyone down yeah. with you because you pine over the librarian. Yeah. Little angsty boy. Yeah. This is when Lena and Nash break up. For five okay. seconds. For five seconds. And I'm just like, when I read that, I was like... This is just things we never got over. 
yeah, there was just less time in between when they mm-hmm. fought and when he was like, oh my god, I'm an idiot. In lo- I'm an idiot, yeah. Um, But yeah, he basically was just like, I can't do this. And then she's she's like, he just needs space. So she goes mm-hmm. outside, and then he follows her outside because immediate, he's, immediately he's like, oh shoot. And then she like runs away from him and he catches her and it's raining. I was like, wow, this is really dramatic. Wow. And also, this conflict lasted 30 seconds. So why is it even in here? I thought we got past this point already. Yeah. This is, I just I don't know. I just did not like that part of the book. Also, it's here. Like, look at how far into the book this is. It's pretty late in the game. There's like a hundred pages left and then they decide to throw in just this real quick last relationship conflict. Nah. Yeah. Annoying. Um, I don't know. I feel like the soccer game should have been like the really big conflict. And then they just spend time repairing and learning to trust each other after. But yeah. My next thing's on 490. <gasps> Same. Oh my God. Oh my God. It's when okay. they go skydiving, and Nash is like, yeah. no, and she's like, yes, and then they're free-falling, and he's like, oh my god, I'm in love with her. Because that's what you're thinking about when you're skydiving. Skydiving. And they're skydiving because they're about to do this whole, you know, assassin plan. I don't know. <laughs> like what a- I This whole yeah. James Bond and of course, it doesn't um, even go the way they planned. Because why would it? Of course. But yeah, the last sentence on this page says, My heart belonged to this woman, and I was going to buy her the biggest effing ring I could find. I was like, okay, Knox 2.0. I Literally, I that's exactly what I said, because I'm like... Like, I, I, I get that they're brothers, so they're going to be similar. But throughout this book, I just felt like there were so many parallels between Things We Never Got Over and this book. That I was just like, I kind of expected this book to be a lot different from that story. Because Nash is a different character. And while Knox and Nash are definitely brothers, and they have some similarities, something can be different. I agree. A lot of the plot was the same. And I felt like they were just subbing characters out for, like like I said, with the dog and Waylay. But Mm -hmm. Lucian's book is gonna be different. It has to be because Hopefully. he already this the tension with Sloane already exists and it's been existing for two books. So like something clearly happened. Whereas like Naomi and Lena are new in Knox and Nash's lives as their romances are developing. So like this is their story is gonna have to be like repairing from something. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that was catastrophic since they hate love each other. But, like, that plot, I feel, has to be... Plus, they've already gotten rid of Duncan Hugo at this point. So, like, it has to go down a different path. But they end up together, so. Yeah. So, basically, from here on out, this little portion is exactly the exact same ending as Things We Never Got Over. Basically. Like, the exact same thing. And it's basically, Lena gets kidnapped, she's somebody that she thought was, she could trust, she can't trust, uh, she, like, has to fend for herself, somebody gets murdered, uh, yeah, uh, Nash proposes on the spot. I will say, um, I, 
the only thing about that that was intriguing was the twist. And, like, I kind of saw it coming, too. But, like, that's where you find out that Dilton is actually... The racist police officer is the one who shot Nash, not Duncan Hugo. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, like, a little bit of a plot twist. But I could feel that buildup coming. Because, like, as you're reading the book, you realize he has a very large distaste for Nash. And then he kind of just went off the rails after Nash was hospitalized. So I'm like, this dude... Mm-hmm. Probably did something real bad to Nash, me thinks. Um, but that was a little bit of a different plot point. It was still basically the exact same. And, like, I liked the first plot, so I can't say that I don't like it. I just wish there would have been, like, a little bit more different stuff. And then at the end, Knox and Naomi get married, and it's so cute, and I wanted to cry. Literally, yes, that was, like, the best part of the book is when they got married. I was like, finally, I'm getting my Knox and Naomi wedding. Let's go. <laughs> this is after Naomi is kidnapped. All right. And then, like, the whole shebang happens and Naomi was knocked out and now they're, like, bringing her back. Whatever. All right. It says, carefully, I eased my weight off of them. They both stared up with me. Stared up at me with identical grins. I pointed at Waylay. You're getting a damn birthday party. And after that, we're getting married. I told Naomi. This book. You love me. Lena blinked. Excuse me? Oh, you effing love me. I told her. Oh, you think I- And Oh, and I suppose you don't love me? I effing love you back so much that we're not waiting until after. What? We're getting married. It's- I mean- we're getting married. We're getting married. Like, the exact same language. And while the responses were... And while the responses were slightly different, it's still the exact same thing. Yeah. Anywho, but that's all I have for my notes yeah. in this book. Yeah. All... Um, 600 pages. Billion pages of it. But I still love yep. you, Lucy Score. Yeah, I'm Lucy, so she's really excited for the next one. I know. I hope it's good. I hope it's different because I just don't like how similar these two books were. I just like that was like the one thing that was that kind of gave me like I'm being a little lenient because I just thought they were so similar. Definitely in like certain parts where they were just like practically the same book. Yeah. Just with different characters. No, I agree. So, well, anywho, we hope you enjoyed this review of Things We Hide from the Light by Lucy Score. Um, goodbye, Lucy. Yes, goodbye until, who knows, October or something. Whenever the next one comes September, out. September, I think. September. So our video will be in October. Ooh, since it's coming out at the end of September, so we might not be able to review that one until November. Because mm. October we're doing Halloween true but we will read it this year and review it this year mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. keep an eye out um i'm not sure what book we're doing next we there's been a whole next we're doing when in rome okay yes our next book is going to be when in rome by sarah adams and i have not read this author before i have one other book of hers called the cheat sheet but i haven't read it yet so um 
We are excited to take you along on that journey with us. If you don't already follow us on social media, we have a TikTok and we have an Instagram at the Woody Banter Book Club. Um, and a can- Facebook now. Oh, yes. And Facebook. Um, mm-hmm. So we are expanding. Um, but feel free to listen to us on Spotify. Watch us on YouTube at the Woody Banter Book Club. We're so grateful for all of your support and for all of you who watch along with us. Um, and we will see you next time. Bye. Happy reading. <laughs>